Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. You're telling me you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Hello! Hi! Welcome to Ale with Angel, I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today on Ale with Angel we are reviewing Season 2, Episode 4, Untouched. Oh shit, that's not the episode I watched. Yes it was. We got this. (laughs) Okay, so we have some executive producers. 20 we're up to 22 patrons now oh cool damn that's a lot even the patrons are trying to curse me (laughs) i forgot about that really because i think about it literally every day (laughs) i never think about it till you like the number 22 haunts me it's Uh, all right i've talked to my therapist about it he assures me that numerology is arbitrary and not trying to murder me that is true. I just like to be a little cautious, you know? <laughs> anyway, we have 22 executive producers, and they are as follows. Paul Dahlheimer, Christina, Lauren Jewell, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Catrick J. Furr, Hilly Hilfman, Scarlett Choi, Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, Kefro Nome, Father DeFenestrato, Methuen DeBurr, Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally is not possible. Hot diggity dog. Shit, we have all this time for opening and nothing to fill it with. Yeah, I got nothing. Is there something you'd like me to do, Rex? I suppose it's parental synopsis time. Careful what you wish for. Joshua! The fuck are you doing, Joshua? Running from your abuse, daddy. (laughs) Well, that's just fucking dumb. Hey, you know you're worthless and nobody will ever love you, right? Gosh, you're you're right, daddy. That was awfully silly of me. Uh, so, uh, why don't you just come on back home, you little shit, you little bastard. Come on, you worthless fuck. Don't you want to be a family again? Oh, shit, now that you mention it, your abuse really is all I've ever known and is probably what's best for me in the long run, I suppose. Wow, you're fucking stupid. You know, I'm just gonna abuse you some more, right? Yeah, but, you know, I thought maybe, uh, maybe it would give me the power if I were to preemptively give you all the power in the situation. That's how that works, right? No, that's, uh, that's really just what I was training you to do your whole life, so I win. But what if... Bear with me on this. Being abused is really my only viable route of self-worth. Now you're on to something, you worthless piece of shit. (laughs) Wait, but if you value abusing me, doesn't that make me not worthless to you? Hey, don't try to paradox logic me, you little shit. This ain't Star Trek. 
shit, we're agreeing on things. That's not a good sign. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's time for me to murder you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now wait just a second. And dead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I let him go just before he suffocated from my fart. So, uh... <laughs> now we can talk about Angel in peace. <laughs> Since he's gone for a little while, anyway. Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so Angel finds this girl named Bethany via Cordelia's vision. <laughs> you okay? Deep breaths. Sometimes the shit that I wrote an hour ago, I'm just like, really? <laughs> well, I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> Got shit to do. <laughs> Uh, a girl named Bethany via Cordelia's vision. <laughs> she's being attacked by men in an alleyway, but she smushes the shit out of them with a dumpster using telekinesis. Angel finds her and gives her a card. You know, one of his cards, an angel card, and she goes back to where she's staying with Lila from Wolfram and Hart. Turns out she's Lila's just using her to train her as an assassin and is posing as her friend. Before knowing this, Bethany goes and finds Angel. They figure out that she was abused by her father, and that's a pretty big trigger for her. Angel and Gunn fuck off to investigate the men who attacked her in the alleyway, and while they're gone, Bethany gets kidnapped out in public with Cordelia. Angel and Gunn, who just figured out that the men who were hired by Wolfram and Hart, are right behind them, and they chase down the van and rescue Bethany. They return to the hotel where Lila has dispatched Bethany's dad in the hopes of causing some fireworks. While somewhat succeeding, the plan backfires and really just helps Bethany work through her past abuse issues and learn to control her telekinesis. Bethany tells Lila to go fuck herself and Angel walks her out of the building, not before sharing some words with Lila. The end. The end. Da -da 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 -da. Meh. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures, Cold open. Yeah. To Wolfram and Hart. Or sorry, sorry, sorry. Gerba thumb thump. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> and Lila. Yep, Lila sneaking into what I believe is Lindsay's office. Being a little sneakity snake. Yeesh. She's such a snake. I'm a god. Are you like... Are you quoting something, or is that just... I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> Who can tell? Where's the line? <laughs> there isn't one. I shat all over it ages ago. Who cares? People think we're funny. Doesn't matter yeah. if it's actually original or not. Is it funny? Am I enjoying it? That's really what's important. Yeah. Doing a good show for everyone else is important, but really, are we entertained? Are we circle-jerking ourselves enough... Yes. If anything, I think it's not even quite enough yet. <laughs> there it is. That was an interesting sound effect choice. Yeah, anyway, Lila is sneaking around Lindsay's office. and Sneaky snake. She gets uh, surprised by Darla. I'm a snake. <laughs> oh my god, you're a snake? I'm a snake too. I think we got we had too much harmony last episode. We're, we're last both episode. snakes. <laughs> Sneaky snake. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sneakity snackier than me. Yep, way too much harmony. 
way too much harmony in her life. <laughs> uh, anyway, Darla. <laughs> Darla's like, oh, enjoying ourselves a little controlling power trip over here. Apparently, Darla has some magic powder that she uses to keep Angel asleep, I guess. Oh my god, magic powder. That like, shit is so expensive. understand why they even bring up the powder. Oh, I mean, I have half a theory. I'm pretty sure it's because later, now that Lila knows how to control dreams, she's trying to use it to control Bethany's dreams as well. I think that was the implication. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, lots we'll of dreamy shit going yeah. on. So now that we know how Darla is controlling Angel's dreams, it leaves it open for more shit later. Yeah, and uh, there's some talk here about... Looking into people's dreams and entering the secret chambers of their minds. Because if you control that or something, you control them or something. Yeah. That makes sense. That's how logic works. <laughs> yeah, so Lila's like, speaking of controlling power trips, how are Angel's dreams? Oh, they're horrific. Yeah. Like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to add to that? No, I had. I was going to do a segue into the next scene, and now I lost it. It's gone. Oh, well, fuck. Your whole snake bit just completely derailed me. I'm a snake, 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 la-da-da-da, snake, snake, snake. <laughs> okay, so from there we go to the hotel where Angel's waking up, and he has not been sleeping well. Not well at all. Cordelia and Wesley are off bickering in the distance as Angel groggily zombies his way out to the lobby. At 10 p.m. 10 fucking p.m. <laughs> Cordelia's yelling at Wesley. She's like, well, you like rodents in your ass. And they get to play on that 80-foot rod up there. And he's like, slut. Also, you're uneducated. <laughs> Angel steps in there. He's like, all right, all right, guys. Fuck a doodle-doo. I mean, if you could avoid putting any of those doodle-doos up your ass, that'd be great. <laughs> Just like to capture the essence of the scene. <laughs> Without was, directly quoting anything. That was uh, some essence. <laughs> <laughs> I got some essence for you. Huh? My favorite bit in this scene, though, is that when Angel's like, what are you guys even arguing about? Oh, we were, we're arguing that Cordy thinks that they should pay gun and Wesley doesn't think they should pay gun. And Angel's like, uh, that is not what you two were fucking arguing about. <laughs> no, you weren't. Yeah, I had that down as a quote of the day. <laughs> Wesley's like, well, our discussions tend to go about three minutes, and then it's strictly name-calling and hair-pulling. Yeah. <laughs> so Angel says he'll consider asking Gunn if he wants money. Of course he fucking does. Yeah. Cordy gets pushy, and Angel reminds her he's the boss, but then she reminds him <laughs> that he should really reconsider that talking point. So he agrees again to pay Gunn, but only if he enthusiastically consents to that said money giving. No, you can't fire me. Vision girl. <laughs> sure, you're the boss boss, but I'm, you know, kind of really running things. I mean, she's, just kind of her. she's kind of the credit line. A little bit. That's your entire fucking business model. Have vision, save people. Like... Oh, yeah. She's untouchable. Anyway. Uh, yeah. A Angel then divulges that he's not been sleeping well. Wesley starts to ask him questions about it. And then that's interrupted quickly because Cordy has a vision. It's vision time. And for a change, they don't make a dumb little fucking bit about it. Right. Which, thank God, because those were so dumb. Yeah. It's really, really, it was so stupid. It had almost a moment where you thought for just a second. It's like, oh. 
oh, they're going to they're gonna make a like, bit about gonna it. She's going to sneeze or something. Yep. But and, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nope. It's, she gets a vision. She's get, immediately gets a fucking address, which is super helpful. Right? It's like the powers that be are fucking learning. <laughs> right? She's like, man, we really should include GPS directions. <laughs> Can't we just give them coordinates or something? No, we need to be as vague as possible, asshole. It's more fun to watch that way. <laughs> but Angel goes running out the door and Cordy says to Wesley, oh, no, he's going to be too late. And he is. Yeah, because Angel fucks off. Cordy's like, you have to fuck off right now, fucker, if you're going to get there in time to save this woman. So over in fuck off land, this girl, whose name we will learn in the future to be named Bethany, is being accosted by two real winners. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're the, the winnerest winners. I'm pretty that sure won. they went to Harvard. Because <laughs> um, they're, they're in an alley with a switchblade. And <laughs> hey, hey, those are illegal. Bad. Yeah. Bad rapist. You gotta be somebody to own a switchblade. That's how that works. Yeah. And uh, fucking (laughs) the transcript named him Mustache Guy. (laughs) That's what you want to be known as, is Mustache Guy. (laughs) I wouldn't even want to put that on my goddamn acting resume. I played Mustache Guy. Get out! Get the fuck out! You don't even have a mustache! (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, his line is, hey, I get it first. Think I want your seconds, you pig? <laughs> Turns to the girl. Guy's a pig. Flips out his knife. <laughs> like, wow, that's how you know you're in a fucked up situation. That's no but, fun. But hey, their their shenanigans don't last much longer because uh, Bethany throws a dumpster at him. Yeah, I wasn't smoosh. <laughs> Squish. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't sure that it was her that did it at the moment. Right. Because she really just seemed to squint her eyes closed and it just kind of happened. She didn't appear to have any control over it. But that's kind of what the rest of the episode's about. Yeah, so this dumpster telekinetically smushes the fuck out of these two guys as we hear some delightful macaroni and cheese being stirred in the background. (laughs) Uh, Presumably by an alleyway adjacent apartment, but probably Rex's next door neighbors. Um... Which is odd, since I wasn't at your house when I was watching this, but that's just how loud they fuck sometimes, guys. I don't know how to explain this to you. (laughs) I am still amazed that it has not shown up on the recording. It's it's so loud. It shows up in the Foley tracks of 20-year-old television shows. It just burned its way into Hulu through my computer. That's what happened. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Ah, the virus I implanted on your computer that plays porn in the background and anytime you do anything has worked. (laughs) It's also made my free time a lot more bearable. (laughs) Thank you. I didn't realize that was you. I was like, this is the best virus ever. (laughs) I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina, and I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. Opening sequence. Yes. Still in the alleyway. Cut to the aftermath, crime scene. Angel swooshes in with his big 
fluffy coat and he bullies this dipshit cop into spilling all the confidential deets of this crime scene. I actually really fucking liked how he did this because he, he come in and the cop's like, hey, you're not supposed to. And he immediately cuts off the, the guy with questions. And then like ev- like three or four times, the cop is like trying to argue that like, oh, you're not the detective. You're not supposed to be here. And he just completely bowls forward every time. First step, yell at civilians because they'll definitely listen to you. And then as soon as you witness somebody else listening to this person, you're more likely to at least start assuming that they've got some sort of authority. Well, and there's there's the whole mentality of like you walk into a situation like that and you're that fucking confident. Right. People are just going to start fucking listening to you. Yeah. But also this guy's just a bad fucking cop. That too. Learn some goddamn protocol. Get a badge, yeah, no get shit. some kind of ID before you just cave. Right. But Angel's all like, <laughs> the shaming route that he went was hilarious. Although quintessentially 2000s toxic masculinity, but still funny. Now, why don't we just pretend for just a second that you're not wearing a fucking Boy Scout uniform and you tell me what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, oh. sir, these men got kersplatted. Kersplat! Chris Platt, how? Above Chris Platt? No, sir. Sidey side Chris Platt. <laughs> Gosh, that's weird. <laughs> so the dudes got smashed between the wall and the dumpster, and the cops like, look, and some of the blood got all the way over here. Isn't that weird? And Angel's like, yes, that is weird. Matter of fact, it's so weird, it's not their blood. You dipshit, this is girls' blood. <laughs> I ain't seen no girls, sir. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to shoehorn in this really weird inside joke about Mr. Bills. Did you get that? No. Yeah. Oh, I'm Mr. Bills. What? What the fuck was... Is that, yeah. a, is that a California thing, guys? I have no idea. I was going to fucking ask you because I had no idea what the fuck he was referring to. All right. Quick Google search. Mr. Bills. We got Mr. Bills Shirt Co. Wild Bills Tobacco. Who said, oh no, Mr. Bill? Who did the voice of Mr. Maybe it's a Saturday Night Live joke. Huh. Okay, so obscure 2000s reference, yeah, probably. Apparently. But yeah, Angel decides, you know what? I'm going to go fuck off. You stay there. I'm going to fuck off. And he fucks off. And when I get there, time. you keep not fucking off while yes. I fuck off more. And when I get back... <laughs> going to continue reversing the fuck off joke so angel fucks off just as another detective shows up and he flashes his badge like he's supposed to yeah like a professional and the look on the cop's face is like oh fuck me well <laughs> shit hey you know what all you have to do is not mention it right <laughs> don't incriminate yourself do not self-incriminate <laughs> if anybody knows that it should be a cop right so <laughs> Anyway, he, uh, guess who he finds immediately? <laughs> Bethany. Bethany. But, you know, that doesn't surprise me at all. He just fucking follows her goddamn blood scent, man. Yeah. I mean, like, he's, that's he had his, blood. His, his superpower. Good for him. She's like, hey, no, I'm scared. Don't bother me. And he's like, yeah, no, but I'm super dreamy, so it's okay. <laughs> She's like, well, how dreamy do you feel about rebar, motherfucker? <laughs> and he's like, you know... <laughs> I feel okay. I've, I've had better. About rebar. Um, <laughs> it only hurts a little bit. Rebar makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm, as you can see from my demeanor, 
I'm always sad. So, God <laughs> damn, broody Bethany. How'd you know my name? I, that's how broody I am. It makes me know people's names. So fucking broody. Wow, that's really broody. <laughs> it is. You look broodier than me. Sh- shut up. God damn right, I'm fucking broodier than you. Of course I'm broodier than you. What do you take me for? Some kind of fucking amateur? <laughs> Like you from Ohio. <laughs> wow. People in Ohio don't know don't know anything about brooding. Like like we from from the coast. They just vote Republican and go install carpet or something. What? <laughs> They're all carpenters. That's what they do, right? Carpenters don't install carpet. okay i just spent the last 20 seconds trying not to spit out my beer i couldn't swallow (laughs) not normally a problem i have everybody (laughs) come joke um Carpenters. That's what they do. Carpenters. I think they're called floor techs. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. You you know, blue collar. You get what I'm saying. It's Ohio. Sure. It's the black hole of America. Installing carpet was the like most blue collar idea job (laughs) that popped into your head. Yeah. (laughs) And then I decided to make a (laughs) <laughs> a really bad joke about thinking that carpenters are carpet installers. I think it made perfectly good oh, sense. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck, where were we? <laughs> I've lost track. Um, do-do-do-do. <laughs> so, uh, uh, this, that's good rebar. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Angel. Oh, God, I murdered an angel. Now I'm really fucked. That is correct. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm immortal. Here, call me sometime. And also not an angel. It's just my name. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I'm just fucking with you. It's just a name. Ignore the fact that there's an angel on my card. It's just my name. It's just my name. I'm not an angel. You know, if I was a real angel, angel, I probably wouldn't need business cards. So, um, <laughs> it's a great logo opportunity. That's all I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> well, the, so the last thing he said to her was like, I'm not going to hurt you and you can't hurt me. And then she leaves. And then he just kind of crumples to the floor. He's like, okay, maybe she can hurt me a little. Okay. (laughs) I may not be able to die, but you'd be surprised how much pain you can live through. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gosh, I don't know. You're so, I don't know if you're dreamy enough yet, Mr. Angel. I really have super high standards. Yeah, you'll come around. (laughs) Everyone always does. I always do. So she fucks off. He falls to the ground in anguish. And yeah. Cut over to Lila's apartment of all places. Yeah. Boy, I was really confused. I thought it was Kate for a second. I was kind of disappointed we didn't see Kate. I was expecting to see her when when the police were here. I'm starting to wonder if we ever see Kate again at this point. Yeah. I'm, I kind of don't. be really sad. I don't think we do. I, that will be sad, but I kind of think that... That's probably why I don't remember what happens to her, because she just fades out. I'm, I just might like, look that up, because that I wouldn't be upset if that was spoiled for me. 
Okie doke. Anyway, it's Lila. Yeah. And, you know, Lila looks so not evil when she's just, like, at home in a fucking t-shirt and a ponytail. Yeah. And, like... I want to like Lila so bad. Yeah. But, you know, Bethany's like, sorry, I'm late. And Lila's like, I was starting to get worried. And she goes in and the door clicks shut behind her. And I'm like, wait, 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 what, what, what? Are yeah. They, is, is that Lila's girlfriend? Are they lesbians? Is I, not that it's any of my first, business, nor could I blame them at all. My first thought if was I were that either were of them, I would related. totally be what my first thought was that they were somehow related, like Bethany was her cousin or something. Well, I guess that shows where my brain is. <laughs> well, we all know that. I, I mean, <laughs> if I were either of them, I would totally be gay for the other. So just putting that out there, I <laughs> can't blame either of them at all. And I respect that. Wow. To the knee, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So, foot in mouth. Yes. To the knee. (laughs) No, so I guess Lila is like her mentor or something. She like went and did talks at schools or something. and Well, they go over all that in a bit. All we know now is that Bethany is staying at Lila's. And we don't even know Bethany's name yet. Cut to commercial... Oh, yeah. After the commercial, that's what they they have that conversation immediately. I'm sorry. Go on. (sighs) It's weird. My take on the scene, Lila was doing talks at a school and like gave her contact information to Bethany. And then Bethany ran away from home and then contacted Lila for a place to crash. Um, that could be kind of how it went down. The impression I got was that Lila and Bethany went to high school together and she was back at her old high school. No, I'm I'm pretty positive that Lila was because she had mentioned doing talks and said something about I don't give my information to just anybody. Or yeah, something like that. Honestly, and, I think what happened was she was following a lead that they had on some supernatural occurrences, well, and yeah. she stood in as something that she really wasn't, like a motivational speaker at this fucking high school or something, right? In order to get close to Bethany. And then gave her, her her contact information to get her to come out. And yeah, whatever. One way or another, she ran away from home and she's staying with Lila now. Because Lila believes in her and she's got power. Yeah. Literally. Literally. Now, you, you got super juice, girl. A person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brains. My friend's brains. You're a vampire. Back to the hotel where Cordy's doing some uh, patching of the angel. She's like, stop moving. I'm not. Well, stop breathing. I don't breathe. Well, stop flexing your manly boob muscles or whatever. (laughs) I just thought that was hilarious. (laughs) Stop flapping your boobs in my face, you stupid, beautiful bastard. (laughs) He's like, you're not my real dad. But they're talking about what happened, and Cordy's giving Angel shit because he didn't get Bethany's name, and he's like... Do you have any idea how hard it is to think when you're impaled with rebar in your torso? She replies, actually, I do. Benefits of a Sunnydale education. (laughs) Everybody remember that episode? Yeah. Where she almost died? I think it was the one where Spike kidnapped Willow and Xander, and they made out while Xander and Cordelia were dating. Yep. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, there's some painful memories. Right. <laughs> Emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So, uh, Wesley knows nothing about telekinesis. Hey, hey, hey. He knows that it means to move shit with your mind. Oh, excuse me. Wesley knows the bare minimum that you're allowed to know about telekinesis. It's not nothing. (laughs) Wesley knows exactly the same thing that second graders know about telekinesis. And uh, Gunn shows up with a fancy new amateur cobbled together axe and is ready to stick it in something. I don't know. I thought that axe looked fucking awesome. Oh, it's great. But it looks homemade. That's all. Because it is. I think that's it's, it's part of its charm. And that's fine. Yeah, I like that. But, you know, it's homemade. <laughs> Cordy's like, men are all alike. Because <laughs> he wants to stick it in something. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. Right in the... Yeah. <sighs> uh. But no, Angel wants Gun to do some legwork. You know, you d- come on. Walk down that way. Do a little spin. Walk back this way. Yeah. Work them legs. Now, since you're there, if you could tell me who those smushed rapists are, <laughs> that'd be great. Um, gun. Cordy, give him some of your heels. <laughs> clickety, clackety, clickety. Yeah, do a spin. Spin for me. <laughs> you beautiful bastard. <laughs> so, uh, Gun wants workman's comp. If he gets fatally smushed, Cordy's like, see, see, he wants money too, just like the rest of us. Right. And, uh, yeah, why the fuck wouldn't he? I don't get the argument. And, uh, Angel goes back to bed. Because three hours is a long fucking day Yeah. when you've been impaled with rebar. And, you know, having <laughs> uh, sexy nightmares constantly. And just needing to get back to those, but also you're horribly sleep deprived. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're being controlled by your psycho evil ex who's uh, been raised from the fucking dead. Just saying. Yep. But, you know, he leaves Cordy with explicit instructions to find the girl... You know, while he sleeps. Yes. And uh, he must heal really fucking quickly, because considering that bandage only has a very specific and clean spot of red where he was stabbed with the rebar, yeah. and it's only slightly impaled. larger than impaled a piece. Impaled with rebar. Impaled with rebar. Well, I mean, stabbed, impaled. Well, one goes through you all the way, all the way through. Oh, is that the yeah. distinction? Pretty much. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's all I'm saying. But we do have previously established evidence that he does heal very quickly. Yeah, he does heal definitely. Well, and also he can survive things like a rebar through the chest. Well, sure, he's a vampire. That doesn't necessarily mean that he heals with superhuman speed, but But he he does. does. We happen to know that he does. They did something kind of odd here where he goes to bed and Bethany goes to bed at the same time. And they both fall asleep roughly at the same time, and it, it seemed like they were going to play it off like they like met in their dreams or some shit like that, but no, not at all. Oh, I didn't I gather know. that. That would have been neat, actually. Like, I don't understand why they played it off where they fell asleep at exactly the same time, but... I mean, it was late at night, and they're both tired? I guess. I don't, well, it, it worked out because they're both having their dreams controlled now. Because we're at Lila's apartment, and Bethany's having this dream where she's a child and she's in an attic and is upset by this man dragging her downstairs. And he's like, come on now, just you and me, just you and me. And it's really creepy. And I'm like, pretty sure that's her dad about to rape her. That's fucked up. Ixnay on that. I'm so done with TV shows using shit like this for plots. Okay. Like abuse. I don't know. It just bothers me. Guess I didn't realize it was that big of a trope. It's enough to where we I see it often enough when it's like, oh, we we need a character who has trauma. Let's let's do this one thing that is the one traumatic thing we can think of. Yeah. There's like 
other kinds of trauma. Well, they got a lot of episodes to fill. I suppose. They're yeah. they're really trying to explore the gambit of trauma. Um, but they also do tend to land on larger tropes when there's probably lots of other options that are less explored, sure. Yeah. Um Lila sneakity snakes up on Bethany. Not very well, apparently, because uh sleepy Bethany decides to chuck a lamp at her head. Oh, I don't think it had anything to do with Lila. I think it was because she was oh, having I, a bad time in the dream. I know. I was just, I thought it was funny. Oh, well, <laughs> fine. Give me a fair warning next time you're trying to be funny, so that way I can uh, load a laugh into the chamber there. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh- I don't try to be funny often. (laughs) You're so mean. (laughs) That look was excellent. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I'm an asshole. A little bit. Kind of okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, Lila gets a lamp in the face. (laughs) Serves her right for being evil. Oh no, what is this lamp doing in my face? I dare say that's painful. (laughs) It doesn't go there. (laughs) (laughs) It's supposed to be on the table. (laughs) Bethany wakes up. She's startled. And she's She's like, oh "Oh, God, I threw a lamp at you. Yeah, I know you did. It really hurts, but I'm okay. I promise. I'm not mad. (laughs) Don't run away. I need you for work and stuff. Um, I mean, you're my friend. Uh. It just makes me think that if I were in a circumstance where I was with, like, hanging out with somebody and they, like, telekinetically accidentally threw something at my head, I would be like, oh, God, that hurts. That was really fucking cool, but that hurts. (laughs) Right. But holy shit, that was cool. Can you do that again, but not at my head? Also, you know, at this point, I was starting to be like, wow, Lila's, you know, not totally evil. She's she's really being good to this friend of hers. That's good for her. No. Solidarity or some <laughs> shit. Nope. Nope. Just, just using her. We'll get there. Because but... back at the hotel, Angel's having his smexy smexy Darla dream. You can tell they only, they're like, okay, we only have the budget for one sexy dream. We're just going to shoot one sexy dream and cut it up. And that's all we're going to use for the sexy <laughs> dream. Right. <laughs> so one shoot, one day shoot for Darla and then she's out. Honestly, it probably was. It probably was. So, uh. Do to do and Darla's all. Hey, you do remember that time about the with the gypsy girl when we took her by the fire and she was bound and gagged. Oh yeah, and but he doesn't wake up until they start drinking each other's blood from the shoulder. I'm like, that seems a bit bony. Yeah, yeah, too many bones in there. Bet you that's the way they like it. Giggity. <laughs> bony uh, they're boning bone in oh god <laughs> uh. I ordered boneless chicken <laughs> get out of here boneless chicken that's right drag you <laughs> saggy boneless legs out of him so the next morning angel wakes up looks like he's got no sleep whatsoever despite the fact that he slept all night he comes downstairs they've got no leads none at all they've made very little progress beyond their own sleep deprivation and it was all pointless because 
fucking Bethany just walks her ass on in, doing everybody's job for him. <laughs> right? <laughs> Angel's about to give up. He's very desperate. He's like, we have to find her. She's like, hi, my name's Bethany Chalk. And I'm in trouble and I have telekinetic powers and, 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 and help. I found this card in my pocket and I'm pretty sure this guy over here uh, talked to me the other day and I, I'm here now. <laughs> His broodiness attracted me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it always works. He said I'd come around and I didn't believe him and then I had a funny dream and now I'm here. <laughs> You know, a different funny dream, <laughs> right? Not the, not the one about her dad. That's <laughs> fucked up, and I'm not going there. No, like I, just... I took it the way you meant it. I took it the way you meant it. I'm just confirming for everybody else. Uh, it's not just you and me in the room. Okay, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it is for now, kinda. Till we broadcast it to the planet. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, Bethany almost passes out, I guess. Yeah, uh, well, because Angel introduces Wesley and Cordelia, and she's like, huh, family business, huh? I'm like, wow, you really have a lot of disdain for that word, family. I got that. Also, none of them look alike. Why would you think that? I think it was a shoehorned plot point for them to call up later. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, because he's like, no friends, and that's important later. Yes. And then Bethany's talking to Cordy. She's like, so what's wrong with you? Quote of the day, Wesley is like, oh, where to begin? <laughs> now, now, now. Pot kettle black, Wesley. I can hold a note for a long time. <laughs> Actually, I can hold a note forever. But eventually, that's just noise. It's the change we're listening for. The note coming after and the one after that. That's what makes it music. Back to the Gerba Thump Thump. Gerba Thump Thump. Uh, Lila has a shiner, which isn't a very noticeable shiner at first. Like, it took me a minute to even notice that she put some eye makeup on her. It's very uh, subtle. Yeah. Yeah, but she's arguing with Holland, and he's like, control your assassin, bitch. Yep. Lo and behold, they're trying to recruit Bethany as an assassin. Because, you know, they're kind of one note around here. Right, yeah, they don't have too many other things on their mind. No. They certainly don't have nearly enough court cases on their mind. Right. Got a lot of uh, extracurricular activities, well, if I you will. Well, I guess maybe they're just thinking that if we have enough assassins, we can just kill everybody, and then we don't have to do court cases. <laughs> maybe they're just recruiting assassins out of pure laziness. I mean, no, they, as we've seen in previous episodes, they use assassins to rig their court cases. And kill necessary uh, witnesses. Yeah. But these assassins have no paper trail ties to them. So they have complete plausible deniability. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'd like to know how exactly they're going to go from uh, small town runaway to conditioned to be a hired murderer. One step at a time. I guess. Step one. Be nicer to her than anyone ever has been. <laughs> Teach her how to control her powers. And uh, then pay her a lot of money, probably. And you know, I'm So you're saying Angel's only one step away by the end of this episode of having his own assassin. Basically. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to train her that uh, killing people is perfectly fine as long as you go by this specific moral code, which honestly, yeah, I'd 
think she's angry enough and lost enough that that wouldn't be too difficult. No. I I don't think Lila would have failed at all in turning her into a trained assassin if Angel hadn't interfered. Yeah, you're, that's valid. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, end of the scene is Bethany calls Lila to tell her where she is. And Lila's not particularly happy about this news. No. Yeah, she's like, hey, I was worried. I'm going to be all nicey nice to you. How's Wolfie? Where are you? Angel hangs up the phone on her. Your foster parents are dead. (laughs) 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 I do not know I am from Austria now, but I am. I'm still fucking broody. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually pretty good. Get in the car. It is where I brood now. (laughs) Do it now. (laughs) Back in the hotel. Uh, Bethy's wearing some of Cordy's clothes because she forgot to pack her own. Left them all at Lila's house. She ran over there in her fucking nightgown. Yeah. So Angel gets down and he's all nicey-nice, but he's, you know, more legit nicey-nice than Lila. And he's all, you know, hey, how are your bowel movements? Uh, <laughs> uh, would you like some fiber to help with that? <laughs> and she's all, you're not my real dad. And Cordy notices uh, she's got some weird vibey vibes. Yeah. Well, there's, there's something. She's got a vibe. I'm, I'm getting a vibe. She's vibey. Yeah, just add Y to the end of every word. And that's Buffy speak. There it is. Yeah. Wesley pretends to ignore most everything that Cordelia is saying while he reads back to Angel and Bethany having this conversation about, oh, how was your childhood or some shit? Yeah, well, he she's trying to describe what happens with her powers, and really it just sounds like she black she blacks out a little. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just wake up and people are dead. That's kind of terrifying. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> but Wesley... Well, he's done researching, and he's decided to go ahead and just fuck off with the kid gloves. And he's going to stick his dick in the pudding. (laughs) Yeah. Now, let's say we cut the fiddle fucking around. If you wanted to fuck a fiddle, I dare say there's more appropriate places to try it. Say a fiddle whorehouse, for instance. (laughs) Oh, I know. Better yet. Why don't we just call your father? Ding, 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 ding. Congratulations. You found the trigger point. The one that gets you murdered. Wesley gets slammed against the wall and Angel gets catapulted out into direct sunlight. Or just, you know, flung backwards. Luckily, Angel is able to scramble his ass back into shade before A, catching fire, and B, Bethany notices that he's smoking. Right? Without cigarettes. I didn't even... Himself. I didn't even realize that he was in sunlight until he got out of it. And I was like... Man, he sure is crawling funny. <laughs> and then, oh, sunlight, vampire, right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. And there's a little cloud of smoke around him. Yeah. Goodness, Angel, you're hot. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Somebody's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, somebody stop me. Same movie reference yeah, anyway. It is. <laughs> Um, yeah, so cut to shortly after this situation where Angel's like, hey, Wesley, how about you fucking go home now? (laughs) Yeah. You've done enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it is helpful that we know that her father is a trigger point now. Well, he, the way Wesley explains it to Cordy is like, well, you know, 
she obviously had some sore points about family. This kind of thing can only be brought on by childhood trauma. And, you know, statistically, it's probably the father. Right. And, you know, he's accurate. He took a gamble and he was right. And they made it believable. They did. He had a line of logic that was undeniably sound that made it worth taking that gamble. And that's what I appreciate about Wesley is he's an annoying fop most of the time. But when he's sure about something, he fucking acts on it and he's almost never wrong. Yeah, that's quite good. Or at least not anymore. (laughs) That being said, abuse victim, Wesley, with dangerous powers... Fucking kid gloves! Jesus Christ! Yeah. Maybe not walk up to her, slap her with her dick, and say, Look, let's talk about your father! (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, he could have mentioned it much more tactfully and gotten the same response. Yeah. Honestly. Without the concussion. Yeah. (laughs) Well, not necessarily. She probably still would have had the same volatile response. Yeah, possible. Under any scenario. So, yeah, Angel is like, Wesley, go the fuck home. You're done here. Cordy's like, you can't fire him. It's like, I'm not firing him. He just needs to go the fuck home. (laughs) Go home. You too. Yeah, not going to find a whole lot of British demon experts hanging around the place. Angel can't fire either of them. They're too necessary. Come on. Yeah, not a chance. This is the kind of job where you get to act out and be yourself every now and again, and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So Cordelia gets to go home as well and stay at her place. Uh, thanks for the permission. Right. Angel. Jeez. <laughs> so a little later in another spot in the fucking hotel. I was calling it the attic, but I really think it was just the top floor. Yeah, it is the top floor. And um, it's really dilapidated like an attic and it's not really finished. And yeah, it's shitty. It is quite. It's just shitty. <laughs> But she feels safe there. Yeah, she feels safe there. And I like how Angel's response is like, way to pick the worst place in the building to feel safe. Way to pick the most likely part of the building to collapse on you to feel safe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she's embarrassed about, like, you know, throwing people around. I with just can't mind. stop smushing people. It's <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> and also, people are so pathetic for some reason. And Angel's like, you know, I kind of like them. I like people. But also I've seen some shit. <laughs> Fashion trends that you can't unsee. <laughs> I thought that was a great. <laughs> and then she responds with like, you sound like an old guy. The most important point he makes is people trying to be good is yeah. what he notices the most. Yeah. And, you know, I agree with him a lot where, like, there's a lot in our society that would make you think that, wow, everyone is shitty, especially during the fucking pandemic. Makes you think, wow, everyone is shitty. But most people, if they saw, like, a kid in danger, would fucking do something about it. I suppose. Most people, if you're walking down the street and you drop your wallet on accident, someone behind you be like, hey, dude, you dropped your wallet. Most people, I think, are genuinely good. It's just there's a small percentage of loud fuckers who are particularly shitty and selfish. I keep wanting to be like, yeah, you're absolutely right, because look, it's a pandemic, and I think we're all just focusing too much on the negative, and there's gray areas and shit, but no, I'm I'm really more just feeling like it's pretty well 50-50. 50% of people uh, are good, the rest of them are selfish asscocks. 
I, I gotta live the, my optimist life, man. Okay, I gotta live my riding the fence <laughs> life that just seems more realistic. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I see people trying, and so buck up, kiddo. And she's like, "Oh my God, you're like so old." <laughs> she's yeah, I'm 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 well preserved. You don't know the half of it. <laughs> oh my God, I want to see the world like you do. Flashbang pow. I was hoping for some demon fighting tonight, but I wound up with a delivery job instead. If I come back here on the end of a spatula, I'm expecting some serious workman's comp. I'm just messing with y'all. Yeah, well, what the fuck was up with this transition? Like, they didn't want to finish the scene. They're like, uh, let's just cut, cut away. Cut away to back to the sexy dream. <laughs> yeah, was it supposed to have something to do with her wanting to see the way that he sees the world? And it's like, well, you know what I see? I see this sexy ex-girlfriend that's very abusive and manipulative. Yeah. Banging me. That's what I see. You want to see the world like that, do you? Well, how about you hop on for a, <laughs> a nickel on the, on the Angel Darla trolley? All you have to do is... Some 69ing feeding style. I guess it kind of is that, huh? Right? Yeah, yeah. they're a little bit. A little bit. Nah, on the shoulder. Uh, but yeah. Thrown in. So this is apparently later. Angel wakes up from his dream. Uh, Bethany's been wandering around the hotel and happens to wander on into his bedroom, which I guess he does not lock his fucking doors. <laughs> um, he wakes up from his nightmare and he's like, "Oh, I was having a nightmare." And <laughs> He also she says, well, no, he also said Darla. He oh, calls, yeah. it, calls her Darla. Darla? Darla. Darla? Darla. 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 <laughs> I just want a scene like that where, where someone's like, Darla? Darla. Darla. <laughs> yeah, do you even know what you're referencing there? Us. Uh, yeah, okay. Just checking. <laughs> I was pretty sure. Pretty sure you remembered. If For anybody that's joining us who didn't listen to season one, there was an episode where we said that exactly like that, like five times in a row. Darla, 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 Darla. Yeah. And it was hilarious. Yes. I promise. <laughs> it, it, yeah, definitely. Def- definitely hilarious. Anyway, Bethany's like, I don't know. It looked like a pretty happy dream or uh, maybe the covers are just uh, rumpled. harumph don't be looking at my penis wrinkles no and this is where it gets fucking weird and awkward yeah well it starts to feel wrong and because she's like well you know your room just seemed more comfortable and i was like was like oh yeah oh i get to do some golden innuendo this the doors are wide open for some fuck-a-doodle-doo. This is going to be great. And then it turns out she really was just trying to come in and crank the fuck out of him because she couldn't sleep or whatever. So on the surface, <laughs> it seemed like she was just tired of being treated like she's super fragile and wants to be seen as something else. So the easy choice is to be a slut. Oh, you're just surprised that I'm such a slut. She calls herself a slut. And she pushes the issue. Come on, come on. Let's just fuck. It doesn't mean anything. Basically, she doesn't say fuck, obviously. Right. He says something about making love. And she's like, what? Were you born in the 18th century or some shit like that? (laughs) It's like, uh, yes. Getting warmer. Actually, longer than that, I think. I think think he was actually, well, no, because the 18th century is the 1700s. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which is when he is from. So, yeah. (laughs) 
A little on the nose there, Bethany. Or wait, is it the other way around? 18th century is the the 1900s. 18th century is the 1700s. Okay, because we're in the 21st century now. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody called the 1900s the 20th century, and I was confused about that for a long time. Anyway. I was so confused about that as a kid as well. Yeah. (laughs) That Um, makes no sense. (laughs) um, So she puts her hand on his leg, and he freaks out, pushes her hand away, and she freaks out because she doesn't want to be touched. And he's like, whoa, 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 You, you... want to make love but you don't want to be touched i did like one of his lines is he says you wouldn't like me when i'm happy and i like that just because the the cliche hulk line you wouldn't like me when i'm angry right yeah it's like you know you wouldn't like me when i'm happy (laughs) so yeah why not just tell her you're a fucking vampire angel ah whatever your business is your business anyway she goes on this chambermaid speech yeah basically because She's like, well, men just love the fragile and innocent appeal. And and she's just taking advantage of that and just lets men go to town on her while she just checks out. And as she, quote, cleans up the mess afterwards. Um, And I guess that's the only way that she can think of to provide any value to Angel as a thank you for helping her. Yes. Um. And you you may have gleaned where I was going with the the dad synopsis. Uh, a lot of that was derived from this scene. Best I can guess is that this is also her best move at feeling powerful by instead of because it's her introduction to us is her about to be getting raped by two dudes in an alleyway. Yeah, and you know also men are just there's constant onslaught that women have to deal with all the time of men just trying to have sex with them and they have to sift through all of these losers and grifters and people pretty much literally just saying whatever they can think of to get into these women's pants and i'm thinking maybe that's where she's coming from is if she just gives it up before she gets raped or before they even try to have sex with her in any way um like hey can i buy you dinner fuck you i'm just going to fuck you and then they'll leave me alone it makes her right. feel like she's got more control and power over the situation which i can definitely see how a person could think that way yeah and also it's likely that because she was abused and raped by her father uh she probably feels like that's her only worth to men like even her dad you know that's your template for what you think of men and yeah when you grow up all fucked up like that it makes you think weird shit like that and so maybe she feels like that's her only worth to men and this yeah this all just smacks of psychological trauma of sexually abused children and I think this episode is doing an excellent job of illustrating how fucked up all of that is. I, I completely agree with your criticism that it's overdone and insensitive. Yeah. But I think they've tackled it relatively tactfully and accurately. Yeah, I think that it's definitely accurate. And that isn't my issue. It's just, let's do something different, folks. Let's do something different. Well, and my question is... How much had it been done 20 years ago? Maybe it's just been done a lot since then. I I don't really know. Anyway, he tells her to go back to bed, and she does. And as she leaves, we see Darla hiding in the background in the next room. Yep, because she had to quickly hide, because she's like, oh shit, someone's here. Oh no, are you cheating on me with... Oh, and (laughs) Bethany did mention that she had heard somebody talking in Angel's room. Really? Yeah. 
Oh, I didn't catch that. I thought I I thought you were awake because I heard someone talking in here. Oh, I thought she so heard... she had over she had heard Darla talking to Angel in his sleep. I thought she heard him talking nope. in his sleep or something. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Well, she's a vampire, so you know. She's Darla's supposed to be creepy. Yeah, yeah. All right, back over to the wolfy sheep snort snort. <laughs> wolfy sheep snort snort. <laughs> Holland is telling Lila to stop smothering her pet project all over Lindsay's grandmaster plan. Yep. Because um, he's not sleeping. Quote fingers, he's not sleeping. I assume he's referring to Angel? Yeah. I guess Angel's not sleeping enough. Bethany is disrupting Angel sleeping and disrupting the time that Darla has to fuck with his head, I guess. Oh, I was yeah. like, well, of course he's not sleeping. Darla's fucking sleep depriving him. Okay, but no, it's because Bethany came in and interrupted Darla's work. My question is, is uh, when the fuck is Darla sleeping? During the day? But <laughs> if know. Angel is spending most of his time asleep and... Every time he's asleep, Darla's fucking with his brain. Like, when is she sleeping? I don't know. And also, how does she... I have logistical questions. Like, where is she hiding all the time? She'd have to be sleeping in the hotel, right? Like... She could be. Like, she'd have to. She easily could be, though. Yeah, I mean, it is a big fucking building. Spare rooms and shit. All she's got to do is find a closet. Right? It's like, hey, look, a closet. It's very dark in here. Yeah, they're probably not exactly monitoring the plumbing and the fucking... Uh, electricity usage yeah but like she also has time to go back to wolfram and hart on occasion like she's got to sleep too so she's super sleep deprived she'd have to be i don't think she's as sleep deprived because she doesn't have anybody controlling her dreams so the sleep she does get is actually good sleep i suppose yeah yeah okay okay (laughs) anyway uh holland basically sums up the scene with uh telling lila that he needs to get the girl out of there or Lila's going to be killed. Yeah, do it. Get otherwise, her you die. Otherwise, we murder people here. You know how we roll. So, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Even a solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your mail and newspaper. Back to the lobby of the hotel. Where sudden shift, all of a sudden, Angel has helped Bethany control her powers out of the fucking blue without any lead up whatsoever. Hey, look, you can control it. I sure can, Angel. You're so good at this. Alrighty. And uh, Cordelia, of course, makes fun of him for wearing a scarf now. You know, just had to throw in some good old fashioned 90s homophobic toxic masculinity garbage. And uh, also, just real quick... Cordelia's like, hey, Gunn is, uh, was just on the phone. He's going to meet you at this address. And I'll take care of Bethany in the meantime. Yep, yep, yep. Cut to my favorite buddy cop movie. <laughs> Angel and Gunn. Angel and Gunn. Angel and Gunn. At an address in Brentwood. Yes, Brentwood. Angel kicks in a door. God, I want to kick in a door so bad. I know you do, buddy. Someday. Someday. It's going to happen. Someday. (laughs) And not just any door. Like, I want it to be like a locked door. I want it kicked in a locked door. Yeah, it needs to be locked, definitely. But Angel kicks in the door. He can't enter, though, because the dude is still alive. 
So Gunn has to do the entering. He says, I like it this way. You do the breaking, I do the entering. It's, it's a good team. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if that's just because Angel's stronger than him because he's a vampire or because legality purposes. I don't know. They can't get us for breaking and entering if we're, neither of us are doing both. I don't know. I think Gunn was just making a joke about like not having to put the effort into kicking in the door. He just thinks they're a good team. He's in love with Angel because yeah. who isn't? So right. anyway, turns out the guy in the alley was muscle for hire, sent to hurt Bethany or at least try to in order to see what would happen. And Gunn is very judgy of this man's taste on interior decorating. I had a quote of the day here. Angel says he's still standing outside the door, leaning against the barrier, yeah. the vampire barrier. And he's like, hey, look for an address book, you know, checks or statements. And Gunn's like, I'm still dealing with this man's ugly ass living room set. Some people just shouldn't have money. <laughs> and you know what? I completely agree with Gunn. <laughs> yeah. I've met some people. It's like, wow, you guys have a lot of money to spend on ugly fucking shit. Yeah, maybe you should hire somebody to buy shit for you. Yeah. <laughs> somebody with some goddamn taste. <laughs> and... <laughs> So Angel uses this moment to broach the ultra-awkward topic of wanting to pay Gunn for his services. It's Angel is so ridiculously awkward about offering this up, and then Gunn is like, Oh, what? You want to pay me? Sure, I'll take money. Well, in the, the lead-in, you could see this look on Gunn's face where he you could tell they wanted us to think that he was about to be like, What? You call me a whore or something like that. He was about to take issue with it. And then he 180s and he's like, cool. Yeah. Which is a funny bit, I guess. But at the same time, I just don't get it. <laughs> I Because he doesn't respond about fucking time, rich ass white boy. And I'm not entirely sure why, because he really should. It's about fucking time, rich ass white boy. Yeah. And <laughs> no, but he's just like, cool. And after, right after giving him the stank eye while he's asking. So, like, we're supposed to expect him to be offended? Like, how dare you whore me out? By the way, kudos to Cordelia for, like, essentially unionizing. <laughs> right? Making sure that everyone on the team gets equal pay. Right, yeah. Very important. Good for her. Uh, team up with your coworkers, everyone. Fight the man. Get equal pay and right in, in employment. And demand a thriving wage. Don't settle for yes. a living wage. Yes. The 1% have us so well trained. Fuck them. Fuck them right in the ear. You hear that, Angel? Fuck you. You 1% bastard. Right in the ear. Right, right in, the in ear. your big, muscular man titties. <laughs> Beautiful bastard. My favorite part about this scene, though, is Angel's leaning against the barrier, and then all of a sudden he falls into the apartment. <laughs> yeah. Gunn is like, rapist for hire? I'm not going to shed a tear. Because the implication is that guy just died. Yep. I'm like, wait, how did he just die? Didn't he get smushed? I guess he was in critical care. Apparently. Shit. So, yeah, they pulled the plug, apparently. And As, as uh, soon as they had Angel like leaning against the barrier, I'm like, oh, he's going to die in this scene. The Angel's going to fall right Yeah, in. they were teeing that right up. Yeah. Definitely. And first thing Angel does is he checks the phone, hits the redial button, straight to Wolfram and Hart. Yep. Hey, look, a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, who would have thunk it? 
back over to Cordy and Bethany, who are out in, what, the shopping district or something? Yeah, something like that. They're, I don't know. There's a fucking merry-go-round carnival music. Yep. And they're kind of having a good time. Like, they're bonding a little. And the first thing is about the fucking mochas that they're drinking or the lattes. She's like, you know, the the vanilla e flavor totally makes the chocolatey mocha e latte e part not be so blah e. And I'm just like, yeah, stop adding wise to everything, please. <laughs> yeah, and Bethany's like says something about this being all California something, and back home we just have coffee. Right. Not anymore. <laughs> it's all frou-frou drinks fucking everywhere, bitches. I almost exclusively drink Americanos now, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> or I'm not proud of it. I'm not unhappy about it, but I'm not proud of it. I'm ashamed of myself. Well, that's a long list. <laughs> uh, and we don't need to get into that, definitely. <laughs> anyway, Cordelia tells Bethany not to fuck Angel, specifically right? because she's dangerous. And everyone who's perceived her as helpless seems to get hurt. So specifically, don't hurt her friends. Especially don't hurt Cordelia. That's the real takeaway here. Yes, yes. And I liked the bit where Bethany's like, well, you haven't been through what I've been through and shit like that. And Cordy's like, no, no. I have visions and I saw everything that you went through. And she's like, you don't understand and how scared I was. Oh, Cordelia's been around the block and not in the dirty way. Yeah, Cordy's delivery of like, no, I have visions and I see shit and I saw what happened to you. And her delivery just sells it solidly. And then the girl who can move shit with her mind is like, oh, okay. Right. Like, there's no argument of like, you have visions? No, it's just taken. It's like, oh, we're good. You know, I knew those two were going to connect the moment that Bethany stepped into the hotel. I just had a just had an inkling. Yeah. Because she's clearly got understandably some triggering uh, horrible history with men yeah i wouldn't yeah. trust men either if i were her which why the fuck didn't they in the very goddamn beginning go hmm, maybe maybe we should have her hang out with cordelia instead yeah it's really kind of impressive that she even showed up to angels at all oh yeah i can't even believe that she would abandon lila like, Lila's doing a really good job of putting up a front that she's really this girl's yeah. friend. So, you know, that's just a testament to how good Angel really is at making people feel safe and being genuine about it. She could tell there was something very, very genuine about him. Yeah. And something just not cutting it with Lila. There comes a time where when you're with somebody and then you can just sense that, man... If someone else tries to hurt me, this person is going to rip their head off and shove it down their throat. <laughs> and you can just sense that about a person. And that's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if I were afraid for my life, that's the kind of person I'd want to be around. Someone who can <laughs> rip people's heads off and shove them down their throat. Yeah. Ditto. Speaking of people who need to have their heads ripped off and shoved down their throat, a bunch of guys come out of fucking nowhere, drug Bethany, and try to cart her off in a van. That's not okay. They don't even offer her free candy. Oh, what about so, a what about a cheese sandwich? No, nothing. Shit. Just drugs and van. This is very upsetting. They don't even have the fucking courtesy to put a black bag on her head. Well, I mean, they did drug her. Free drugs. Yeah, but like <laughs> with like this cattle prod pointing right? thing. Yeah, and very discreetly. Yeah, that was an impressive level of discreetness. And there was like fucking. 
five, four or five fucking guys. And they're just like coming out of fucking nowhere and like jostling Cordy out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then like they fucking drug Bethany and then to the point where it didn't even look if you were sitting on a bench and just catching this out of the corner of your eye, it wouldn't even look like any kind of an incident. It would just look like a bunch of people walking around. Yeah. Yeah. And they almost get away with it, except for the fact that Cordy knows her fucking job. Wasn't there a superhero movie where somebody was, I want to say there was a superhero that was beating somebody up, but he was doing it like at a party and he was so fast and he was being so nonchalant about it that nobody could tell it was happening around them. He was just kept like popping him in the face and the guy was like, oh, and he was like still laughing and dancing and having a good time. Almost like almost like faith in that one episode. Damn, I can't remember what movie that is. If you can remember what movie that is, give us a call. Yeah, seriously. At 269-743-0783 or text us because I really want to remember what that's from. But it was like that. I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime, ever. Should you continue to harass our client, you'll be forced to bring him in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. Place I'm told that's not all that healthy for you. So, yeah, the guys end up grabbing hold of Bethany and, and Cordy, who knows her fucking job and knows her shit and can handle herself, takes both coffees that they had that her and Bethany were holding, yells at the guys and gets their attention. They turn and look at her and he, she fucking chucks the coffee in their faces. Hopefully it was still hot enough for that to do something. Yeah, no shit. I and mean, it looked like it was because they're like, oh, God, my face. Yeah. You've thrown hot coffee in my face. That's <laughs> not good. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you don't try and kill me. Oh, no. (laughs) So Cordy grabs Beth. They try to run, but she's drugged up and she can't really run. And they end up grabbing her anyway. They stick her in a van. Some dudes in hazmat suits this time jump out and grab her. Luckily, Angel and Gunn are right there because they've just come back from realizing that this has something to do with Wolfram and Hart, and they're like, we have to find Cordelia and Bethany right now. At the end of the struggle, just as the the guys grab Bethany and start dragging her away, Cordy yells at him to call uh, a callback to their earlier conversation because they were talking about the two guys in the alley, and she's like, you just can't squash guys. And she yells at Bethany. She's like, Bethany, you can squash those guys. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that. And then the fucking angel mobile comes careening up and she just like, tan van, fetch. (laughs) (laughs) The the fact that she says fetch just cracked me the fuck up. Now, Gunn was definitely in the car with him when he pulled up at that point, right? Yes. I did not notice him at all. And I was like, why don't you just jump in the fucking car with him? Turns out that's why. I mean, she could have jumped in the backseat, yeah. but man. I think it was just faster to not. Yeah. But then we get what they decided to spend their budget on for this episode. An actual fucking chase sequence. A pretty decent chase sequence, yeah. Yeah, with a stunt, no less, of jumping from one moving vehicle to another. Yeah. That it was, was Im- It was awesome. impressive. I liked it. I love that kind of shit. It was very respectful um, work. They're chasing up behind the van. Angel tells Gunn to grab the wheel, and he climbs up onto the hood of the fucking Angel Mobile. And they get it nice and close, and he jumps onto the back of the van. 
opens the door and throws the guys out of the van. Really bothers me that Cordelia wasn't in this chase sequence because, you know, more like Cordelia, not chase. (laughs) 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 I don't think so, Josh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, some stuff was going on. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. They uh, Angel throws the guys out of the back of the van. Yeah. And uh, gets gets Bethany back. And then Fuck cut, you, hazmat suit guys. We cut back to Wolfram and Hart, where Lila gets the terrible, terrible news. <laughs> and she ain't happy. Her, her phone conversation goes approximately like this. Fuck, 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 shit, fuck. Wait, he took her to the hotel? All right. Operation Code Big Daddy. <laughs> I did like that she told the the other person on the the person on the other end of the line. She told him, "I'm going to bury you next to my house so I can hear you scream." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I believe every goddamn moment every, of that every sentence. syllable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, hotel <laughs> attic or upper floor yep. anyway. Bethany's like, no, 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 Lila's not evil. She's my friend. Angel's like, well, that's just not true. Why is everybody fucking with me? Knock, knock, knock. Angel's like, I specifically didn't. (laughs) I turned you down. (laughs) Yeah. No, but then there's a a knock at the door. Guess who? Well, just after Angel like seems to have talked her down and she's calm and they're about to walk out of the, the attic space, knock on the door. It's her fucking dad. I, I, I don't fucking understand. How did he find them? And the, regardless of the, his history with his daughter, who walks into a hotel like this and just wanders around to the top dilapidated floor and knocks. And there's hundreds of rooms. Yeah. It's a big-ass hotel. I'm wondering if this is actually her father or not, honestly. That was my first thought when I saw him. I bet it's a demon. How else would the hell would Lila have control to be like, hey, we gotta send in the daddy. Right. Pull the trigger was all she said, but I don't know. There's something really suspect (laughs) about this dad. Somebody went and shopped at the plot hole Emporium. They did. Somebody got themselves a fucking coupon, I think. Well, you know what? It's it's funny you should mention that because you know where we haven't been in a while, Rex. Where's that? The Plot Hall Emporium. Hey, are you looking for an overplayed, cringy subject to capitalize on for your Monster of the Week faux procedural crime trauma that takes itself a bit more seriously than it probably should? How about child abuse? Now, let's go uh, one or two steps farther and say that that child has gained powerful telekinetic abilities through their trauma and is being controlled by a large evil law firm. Need a quick trigger point? How about sending in their actual father? No, it doesn't matter where or how quickly the convolutedness of their actual arrival is. All that matters is that he's there and oh boy, does he move the plot forward. 
How did he find them so quickly, let alone in the remote, desolated top floor of a long-abandoned hotel? Who cares? Is he a demon or is he actually her father? Let's just call that plot intrigue. Whatever it takes to pretend that your writers had complete control of the situation and this is what they really wanted. That's what you get here at the Plot Hole Emporium. Keep calling in for more plots and we'll keep sending you to voicemail with a prime selection of all of our holes. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you very much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bethany blows pretty much the roof off the building. Eh, a little bit. Or at least all the windows. The windows, anyway. All the windows. The roof's still there. The roof was too expensive. They didn't, they didn't have that in the budget. They spent it all on that <laughs> yeah. road stunt. Yeah. So, cut to commercial, and then we're back. And then, so everybody except Bethany and her father has been blown, like, to the wall. Luckily, nobody was blown out the window. More evidence that this dad ain't a real dad. Right? Like, something's up with that. He can't be human, or he'd be knocked the fuck out. Yeah. He's just like, now I don't like it when you explode like that. We've talked about this. Yeah, and the, he's, like, talking all sweet to her and everything, and, like, the fucking room's, like, coming apart at the fucking seams. Sweet in tone. Everything yeah. else is oh, yeah. cringy it's, as it's, fuck. I mean, <laughs> the actor who pulled this off, he really pulls it off. It made my fucking skin crawl. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Come on, honey. Don't you want to come home and be a family again? Let's go downstairs. Oh. oh. Yeah. Ew, 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 um, ew, 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 and more ew. It looks like it's it's going to work at first, but then uh, Bethany kind of steals herself and gains control back all of a sudden. She Darth Vader's his bitch ass. She def- telepathically defenestrates him. Yeah. And Angel encourages this. Yep. She hucks his ass right out the fucking window. <laughs> and Daddy, go down the hole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Angel gave a fuck. If she actually killed him or not. Right. I think she was expecting him, her to actually kill him. I was too. And and no one would have been sad about it. No. Dude, I was just sitting there imagining. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And I was just imagining the catharsis she would have at the very moment that she heard that sickening splat as he hit the ground. And then she fucking saves him. And I'm like... Oh, why'd you have to take the high road? Sometimes the high road is just fucking being done with that shit. You know, oh, you're not Batman. Nobody here is Batman. The closest is Angel. And he's not even close. No, he's like, yeah, I murder people all the time. (laughs) Well, when they deserve it. Not people. Maybe not people, I guess. But he's not above it. Yeah. If like. If it needed to happen, he'd be like, all right, it needed to happen. Yeah. Cut to the final closing scene at Lila's where Bethany's packing up all her shit. Lila's going ape shit. She's like, no, you can't leave. You need me. I made you strong by hiring men to rape you. Yeah. And she's like, no, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you, Lila. Wow. Fuck you. (laughs) Good job. You sure did make me strong. Strong enough to f- fucking tell you to go fuck yourself. Yep. Wait, but that wasn't what I meant. Oh. <laughs> but 
she goes walking on out. She u- casually uses her powers, which I liked that little bit. That was nice. Yep. Um, Angel is uh, outside the apartment. And as they come walking up, Lila's like, and just so you know, you're still not invited in. <laughs> Angel's just hanging out there, gloating at the doorway. It's like, hey, Lila. Gloat! <laughs> gloat! <laughs> it's a gloat goat. <laughs> it's a gloat goat. She's like, I fucking hate you. It's like, blah! <laughs> oh, uh, one of my quotes of the day here, her final, like, oh, fuck you, is like, yeah, well, he's a vampire, you know? And Bethany just looks at him, kind of like tilts her head to the side. Weird. And then and? walks away. <laughs> like, meh? I'm going to go with a... I got a solid, <laughs> pretty hard meh on that one. Her entire facial acting here was like, yeah, well, he didn't hire men to rape me. Nor did he <laughs> rape me, nor did he disrespect me in any way. You bitch. So, Lila's immediately like, oh, Angel. Oh, we're going to fuck your mind so hard, Angel. You're not even going to know what hit it. And he's like, oh, so business as usual. Excellent. <laughs> I expected nothing less of you, Lila. <laughs> Yay for job security. Whee! <laughs> uh, Lila steps out the door just as they're walking outside. And she's like, sweet dreams. No pun intended. Angel's like, wait, what? Good night. <laughs> hmm. That seemed like it had implications that I don't yet understand. Strong, strong implications. Hmm. Weird. Gerarg! Gerarg! Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more! Knights, I shall give, walk in Hold on. You've got something here, huh? So how'd you feel about this episode, Josh? You know, it wasn't bad. It was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Which I think is the harshest criticism we can possibly give an episode. This episode really fucking suffered from pacing issues. Mm. Most notably, the point where they just switched from Angel talking to Bethany directly over to him having a dream with Darla. Oh, yeah. And it um, felt like they intended for there to be some sort of connection in the well, logic to that, but I wasn't really feeling it. Basically, we get three scenes in a row there where the first scene is her being upset and like embarrassed about her powers and shit, right? Mm-hmm. And Angel trying to comfort her. And then cut to the next scene where she's coming on to him and slutty and then self-shaming. And then cut to the next scene where she magically has control of all her powers now. There's no cohesion between those three scenes whatsoever. Uh, Yeah. There's two scenes missing. That should be five scenes. The two scenes in between the three are missing. Like, what the fuck? No idea. It just, it jumped too quick. No good characterization with the, the connection between Angel and Bethany as far as, like, him helping her gain control of her powers. Like, how the fuck? Oh, next day. Yeah, you had a good night's sleep. Let's let's control those powers now. Yeah. Like, what? 
What? What? Where? Like when? When did you get a, the remote time to fucking discuss that? Yeah. Now that you weren't even able to pull off your only manipulative trick that you have in your toolbox to try and control the situation here, now that that failed, now you're feeling nice and comfortable with me so that we can move things along in a yeah. way that you were completely against less than 24 hours ago. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. No, you're absolutely right. That could have been a whole plot hole emporium right there. Yeah. Now and that you mention it. I think, honestly, most of the time I'm talking about how, oh, they had nothing about the big main arc in an episode. But I think they had too much of Darla and all that in this episode. It's not so much that it was too much, so much as uh, much too much. No, <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. No, it was uh, not any different than what we got last episode. Exactly. And it pushed it forward absolutely zero other than that we learned that she is actually physically there but we kind of already knew that yep. and she's using magical dust powder to control his dreams who yeah. gives a shit who cares how she's doing it we know that she's doing it we learned nothing yeah. about the the season arc big it, bad it just took too much fucking time away from the main plot of this episode to where they had to hack it together. It This whole episode really felt like there were some big scenes that had to have been cut out. And also, Bethany, I bet you, is a one-off character. She's not coming back. She's no. not going to be, like, helping out Angel later. We didn't get some big introduction to an important later plot point character. No, right. it's just, it was a monster of the week without a monster this time. Yeah. These kind of episodes where... Angel helps someone work through their problems. Like, I get how they can use that to give us characterization of Angel. But, no, I just figured it out. They were trying to do the same kind of tone of episode that they did with fucking Faith. Where they get a troubled person that comes in and Angel, like, comes in and, like, helps her find the path to, like, get through it. Yeah, but there's there's were. no there's no depth to it because it was, there's no history. Because there was that moment that we glazed completely over right after the bedroom scene where she's trying to bang him, and she's like, "Well, I don't think you're qualified at all to help me." And he's like, "Or am I the most qualified person to help you?" Yeah, and it's like, "Well, okay, what? Because you understand trauma or something? What the hell do you know about?" girls being sexually abused as children right angel nothing right. i don't know the, the whole the whole fucking bethany plot just felt painfully rushed they had scenes that were missing it was chopped together it there were some good moments in the episode and kind of it was all right but like yeah it was it was supposed to be well but he does understand powers that need to be controlled regardless of the trauma causing it yeah. But also, we're just seeing way too much of this theme of Angel being this white savior of anybody. Um, damsels in distress, mainly. Yeah. And then they keep accidentally, or in a attempt to not appear racist, they keep appearing more racist by putting him in similar positions with gun. And uh, yeah, it's... There's just it's, too much of this white savior theme, and it's really just not aging well. No, it isn't. And this this whole episode was just, it was 100% filler. We got nothing out of it. Yeah. 
And that's why, you know, there, like you said, there were some good moments. There were a couple of lines that were relatable, I guess, and a few lines that were entertaining and a few, you know, good stunts, whatever. But overall, like you said, it was fluff. And that's why I think at the very beginning of our breakdown here, we were both just like, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. And indifference, I think, is the worst sign yeah. of any starter of a review ever. I said it right right at the beginning, and upon further inspection, boy, was I right. Yeah. <laughs> this was a bad episode. Yeah. Did you have a quote of the day? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to give my quote of the day to the Angel-Cordy exchange about rebar. Do you know how hard it is to think straight with a rebar through your torso? Actually, I do. Benefits of a Sunnydale education. Good one. Yeah. It's such a good, solid callback. And it made me, it gave me a little bit of sense of happiness that I've been sticking through this show this long. Also, I think it's funny that twice in this episode, a different character was like, do you know how this feels? And she's like, actually, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because later with Bethany. Yeah. It's like, maybe Cordy knows what the fuck she's doing. Yeah. Maybe give her a little goddamn respect. So, so what's your quote of the day? My quote of the day, I'm going to give to Gunn when he's in the apartment with Angel. And Angel says, hey, look for an address book, you know, <laughs> checks, statements. I'm still dealing with this man's ugly ass living room set. Some people just shouldn't have money. I really fucking like any moment where they give Gunn a line like this. Where right? it's like, like he's just so unaffected by the reality of the circumstance <laughs> that he's he's... He just relies on his humor, and I relate to that. I think we both relate to that. What? Where it's just like, you know what? No. Like, we're going to focus on this completely pointless thing that I think is funny. Right. And, yeah. Because they give they give him a lot of lines like that, and it's just excellent. I just think it's hilarious that he just can't even focus <laughs> on the task at hand because he's just so distracted by interior decorating. Personally, I wouldn't give a shit if I'm in somebody else's apartment and I have a thing to do. Well, okay, no, I can totally see myself doing that. But I, I was going to say, I can totally see you doing that. Because, <laughs> you know, I see it from both sides and it's hilarious. I appreciate it. It makes gun relatable. It's funny. Actually, I, I would imagine you walking in there and like seeing a ru- uh, like a rug and being like, wow, this rug really ties the room together. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you're not a golfer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, now I got to do that someday. Yep. To tell you what, it'll be the same day that you kick in a door. <laughs> right on. <laughs> we'll be there together. I'll kick in the door. You compliment the interior decorating. I will judge the interior decorating (laughs) or compliment it. It depends on whose apartment we break into. (laughs) You heard it first here on Ale with Angel, but you didn't hear it at all. We are not going to break into any apartments. You heard nothing. (laughs) Get to the apartment. Do it now. Judge that <laughs> living room set. It is ugly. Almost as ugly as you. The uh, 
I can't do the Austrian accent for very long before it just falls apart. <laughs> anyway. Oh, it's my outro, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Hey, I've guess, been kind of waiting on it. Guess what, everybody? <laughs> this has been another fucking episode of Ale with Angel. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. As you heard at the beginning of our show, you can head on over to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Wait, It's no, no longer patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. No, it's not. Uh, Just go to patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Um, we, yeah. we switched services and our redirect subdomains are no longer working. So just yep. go to either www.beerwithbuffy.com Specifically, if you want to go to Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Yep. If you want to go to our store, go to beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. Yep. And uh, we, because we got a new store with a bunch of new merch and we have even more new merch coming. Damn right we did. And if you want to support us some more, but for free, best way to do that, head on over to iTunes. Stick in the wordy words with the starry stars. <laughs> Call it Buffy Speak, but not that buff. There's also a podcast called Buffy Speak. Now, don't review that. I mean, review them if you want to, but review us first because you heard it here first. <laughs> um, review us on iTunes. Do it. Seriously. The stars are great, but the words are better. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Same thing, you can do also do that uh, with our phone number and or voicemail at 269-743-0783. You can also text that number. Last but not least, huge shout out to JJ Treadway for all of our transitional music and opening music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Pagock. <laughs> exhausting work. done why are we watching this <laughs>